This podcast will contain spoilers for all aired episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones and all published books in George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. This happens when the wall has crumbled and the others are marching and like it's a last-ditch effort to save humanity. Yeah. That's completely different than the first snow keeping your troops from... <laughs> Good, I want to get out of the snow. Good. <laughs> there we go. There, you got your opener again. <laughs> Welcome to the Vassals of King's Grave Dragoncast Edition. We're back this week to review the ninth episode of Game of Thrones Season 5, The Dance of Dragons. My name is Zach, also known as Alias in the podcast of Ice and Fire Forums, and joining me for this review we have... This is Greg, Claudius the Fool on the forums. This is Bing, Shushan on the forums. I am Paul, known as Pod's Plight on the forums. This is Katie, Lady Griffin on the forums. This is Adam, known as Drowned Snow on the forums. I'm Michal, I'm Ink Azarine on the forums. And Varley, pulling up the rear, Matt... Or Varley on the forums met in real life. Yes. <laughs> there you have it. So, yes, episode nine, of course, the big episode that, of, that Game of Thrones typically has, the one where things kind of get crazy. Not necessarily this time, though. I think this was kind of a departure from that sort of model. It definitely felt like the last episode had the big thing. But, you know, some interesting stuff did happen here, and I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. So, so Greg, Lemon Cake. So what did you think? 2.5, you know, zero for yeah. all the Stannis and uh, pretty much yeah. like a one for the Danny stuff. But uh, I really enjoyed yeah. most, pretty much everything else. Um, the uh, Dorn stuff was pleasantly surprising, and I, I liked uh, everything that went down in, in Bravos. What did you think, Bing? Two. Yeah. So I think these days I'm less pissed off by the scenes themselves than the things that the showrunners themselves say yeah. after <laughs> those scenes. Yeah, yeah I think that, that requires a lot of discussion as well. Yeah. yeah. We'll that for sure. Yeah. It's like... Uh, it's it's one thing to just have that scene, and we know what scene we're talking. I'm talking about, right? Doran. Uh, yeah, Mace, sure, Doran. Mace, singing. The spoiler yes. of Davos actually finding a way to carve it with one hand was just insane. Like, they should not have spoiled that. Megor the Third. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, like it's fun. Okay, you have that. Okay, whatever. It, it's a horrible scene. I it's one of the first time I ever cried watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. But. Whoops. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, Greg. Yes, nice. I'm a wuss, whatever. <laughs> but this is the stuff that came out afterwards. That really pissed me off. Yeah. So, sure. yeah, too. And what did you think, Paul? I'll give it a 3.16, for it is written in the Book of Relore 316, yeah. where Stannis so loved Westeros that he gave his only begotten daughter, that whosoever believeth in him should not cheereth, but have eternal outrage and dismay. And uh, I get, I guess I'm okay with the episode overall. I'm, I can be can talked into like a dark evil Stannis if they had developed it differently mm-hmm. but it seemed kind of not well thought out and mm-hmm. executed and a lot of the other scenes were interesting and good the ending was a bit dodgy but yeah we'll go with that got it and you Katie uh, I'll give it a five <laughs> guys nice check this out. The more steps the show takes towards becoming Xena warrior princess <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think the worse the show gets, the more war like the less worried I am about it performing well now. It's like it can just it's less like watching a ballerina and being afraid it's gonna misstep. It's more like just seeing someone drunk and thrashing on the ground. Where it's like I can kind of laugh about it without worrying that they're gonna hurt themselves too much because they're drunk and they won't feel it. So yeah, I don't know. The last few episodes I'm like, man, this isn't a good show anymore, but I'm having a really good time and 
watching Team Danny watch Danny, you know, fly off and leave them there at the end, I was like, this is great. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah. Adam, what did you think? I don't know. I'll definitely agree with Katie. I think I know a lot of people didn't like the um, the ending scene, but I, you know, there was there were some cheesy bits, but I still like, you know, I was still real excited by it. I mean, yeah, you know, dragons returning, all that's great. I gave it a two point five just because I don't think it was one of the stronger episodes this season. It was definitely a disappointment after last week. There was there were some things to like, but there were a lot of things that just didn't make sense. And it just seems that we're supposed to accept things as soon as they show them to us without a proper explanation. And Michal, what did you think? <laughs> I have oh, boy, this at all. <laughs> <laughs> I abstain. I don't, you know, similar to, I mean, I, this is, this is very arguable in in its comparison to the Sansa scene, but I, it hits me in the same emotional place. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm pissed about it. So, so yeah. And, and, you know, other like, honestly, I, I don't even have any feelings about the Danny scene because I was so shocked and, you know, just just completely taken away by what happened just before that. Yeah. Um, and and having an idea of what was going to happen. Also, I was like, great. So Danny's now going to have her like triumph, and like this horrendous thing has just happened in the north. And you know, like I I I was kind of just being like, whatever, like whatever, I don't care. And I I think Dorne is just like the dumbest. I you know. <laughs> It was like, oh, okay, right. We hired Alexander Sadig, and everybody's really excited. I guess we better give him more than five lines at a time. Matt, what did you think? So, 3.75. I just think the CGI at the ending was really cheesy. I think it was uh, reminiscent of, like, you know, Yoda bringing the clone soldiers in. I'm still waiting for the edit. (laughs) It's going to take some time when someone's doing it. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, it was another tough scene to watch, but... I don't think it's out of Stannis' character. He was willing to burn Edric Storm in book two for basically the same reason. Um, I I do have... Yeah, I know, Greg. Uh, (laughs) Save it for later. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, it's a hard scene to watch, but it's still, you know, part of the story, and we'll see if it actually amounts to anything. And if it does, then awesome. If it doesn't, then... That was really fucked up for them to do. So yeah, yeah. I actually didn't think that that it was too bad of an episode. I don't think it nearly reached the highs of other episode nines. But like I said, I think that's just not really what they're doing anymore. And I think you can make the argument the material isn't really going to hold up if you're looking for that because you know we have all these big epic things: Red Wedding, O'Baron versus the Mountain, and the past ones. And and I mean, Daznak's pit is pretty big, and and I think they did drop the ball with that a bit. I, I was definitely kind of with the people that thought it was fairly cheesy. I liked all the stuff with with um with joy in the fighting pit and like that part i thought it was really good and all the the dialogue that happened there but but as soon as the harpy showed up it just got so i don't know just do the choreography wasn't very good and it was very cheesy and we get the the never-ending story cgi danny flying thing at the end and so that was a big turnoff for me it just didn't have the same emotional resonance that it had in the book and and to be fair i mean this is a you know it's not going to be the same and it's the second time experiencing it so it's not going to be as huge but i, I just felt like in general the whole episode 
the emotional beats were off. Like you said, Michal, it was weird to have the the triumphant Danny thing following up this hugely traumatic moment with Shireen. I just felt like the editing and the pacing and all that. And I guess it makes sense they would have to end with Danny, but it, I just it felt all off and and the tones were all over the place and that really bothered me. But I but I thought in end of itself the Shireen scene was was quite well acted, well well shot, and all these things. I thought Carrie Ingram as Shireen did an excellent job, you know, making it just a horrible, really sad moment. Like you said, Bing, it was just it took me down. It, like it's it's one of the biggest moments in the whole show that you know just totally. Totally, um, you just had me completely down for a long time after watching it, and and I think that that that's a success if that if they were going for that. I think the criticism you can make mainly for me is that that the motivation of it and you know setting it up there's a lot of problems there and the logic is kind of off and, and of course we can talk about if it fits Stannis's character or not that's kind of the big thing we're talking about and we'll get into that for sure but yeah I thought you know just solid episode didn't think Dorne was great as I kind of was saying but but not too bad so like three point five lemon cakes for me so yeah there we go let us begin then. At the wall, where we get John returning to the wall with the wildlings outside Castle Black. Of course, that is how you would get there from Hardhome. Sir Alistair orders the gates opened after a moment's hesitation. The wildlings file into Castle Black. Sam reassures John that his mission wasn't a failure. Black brothers give John cold looks, including Ollie, of course. And Alistair warns the Lord Commander that his good heart will get them all killed. So yeah, a short scene here with, with John kind of, I guess, setting up what's to come. The first shot that we see is John's boots walking towards the wall. And it's an exact shot recreation of the Night's King walking on that pier. Mm-hmm. It looks like John even has the same boots as him. So it's like they're trying to trick you into thinking the White Walkers are already at Castle Black. Yeah. But then it switches and it, oh, it's John. They were both <laughs> Lord Commanders. Maybe there's yeah. a consistent Lord Commander fashion for Alex. Game recognizes game. <laughs> <laughs> John's going to become the Night's King. Yeah. I like to call this uh, John's Oscar Schindler move where he's like, ah, oh, I could have saved one more. Meanwhile, Sam's like, no, you saved them, and then, and then, and then, and then, and her. It's like the, the, the starfish on the beach. You know that, like, parable thing? No. No, you don't no know. Okay. go for it. Is this when Jesus, this when Jesus <laughs> no. was carrying me? I forget. So basically... <laughs> Basically, I mean, it's whatever. It's it's a kid on on the beach, and he's like throwing um, starfish who have washed up on the thing, like back into the ocean. And you know, you have like a cynical old man who's like, "Oh, you can't possibly save all of them." And the kid picks one up and, then, and throws it back in the ocean and says, "Like, well, it made a difference to that one." So like, John has all of these wildling starfish. You guys think that Alistair is and will be involved in the plot? Because I originally did, and now I'm pretty sure he's not. But. Yeah, he's I don't been think one so. I think the main uh, guys they're showing. So I mean, I think he doesn't think John's doing the right thing, and he's reiterating that. But I don't think that he's going to turn against him. I think you know, showing that he, he would be willing to open the gate and all that. He's he's going to he's going to follow orders. He's not going like, to unless um, John does something next that's going to push him over the edge, maybe. Yeah, like there's got to be something else. Yeah. that he's got to he's got to do something that makes these people go, oh, okay, no. You know, that was enough. It can't just be that he went and got the wildlings because I'm sure they've told everyone what happened and. Only an idiot would would try to kill John over that. I don't actually think there's going to be a plot. Like I, I kind of just think it's just going to be Ollie. Yeah, I, I liked on on the podcast mm. of Ice and Fire, Greg. You guys were talking about him just shooting an arrow at at um at John. I just a picture of being just like how your grit dies, where like Sam is talking to him, he just turns around, and he sees Kissing Ollie, the head nod, like, yep. yeah, just the head nod, like doing it for you, Sam. We got it done. <laughs> Sam's like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Has anyone seen The Village? Yeah. The M. Night Shyamalan one? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Unfortunately. There's a long that, scene in oh, Okay, spoilers for The, the Village time. if anyone cares, but <laughs> there's a long scene in that where Joaquin Phoenix is giving a lecture to a 
Adrian Brody and it's like a minute long talk and you never see Adrian Brody but then Joaquin Phoenix turns around and he looks down and there's just a knife sticking out of him because he's been mm-hmm. stabbed and I feel like that's what's going to happen to John he's going to be comforting Ollie <laughs> and then just knife in the frame I was so busy being a good lord commander I didn't realize this knife right here <laughs> oh god <laughs> that was the best Ringo star John John Snow <laughs> mashup ever <laughs> Best and, then, and then Ghost jumps into frame and tears Ali's head off. <laughs> exactly. Aww. It was decent symmetry that in episode 9 of last year, we spent an entire episode throwing off the wildlings and killing giants and all that. And in this episode, they're like invited through the wall. So <laughs> Yeah, that, that's definitely good. We have Alex joining us before we move to Dornham. Alex, what did you think of the episode? Uh, on the forums, I said I abstained from giving lemon cakes. Yes. As I so crassly put it, the show is pornography for me at this point. Incredibly visually stimulating, but I have no attachment to what I'm observing. It's just the orgastic visual spectacle. But like pornography, you don't come for the plot or the characters. Or sometimes That's like the most beautiful description of pornography I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> he's, he's obviously never read my pornography review long. <laughs> <laughs> Very plot heavy. All right, let's go to Doran, a place with lots of good plot, where we have Jamie being brought to Doran Martell, where he is asked to explain his subterfuge. Jamie explains that they received a threat from Doran and asks when he will be executed. Doran explains that he will not harm him, not interested in breaking the king's peace and plunging his country into war. Valeria spills her drink on his nice carpet when they toast to Tommen. Tristan will take O'Baron's place on the small council. He agrees to set Bron free on one condition. I was like, oh, Doran, I can make myself a new drink and then i was like wait a minute what they offer him did they offer him locusts please tell me that they offered him locusts and no but some then, blood oranges yeah i was just thinking that i really really hope that tristane is smarter than he looks because yeah. god that guy does not come off as intelligent no. yeah just a flea bite nice yeah. chest hair though yes yeah also they're Quite playing Marcella off as this vapid like stupid little twit and like it really bugs me yeah I mean, if Jamie was going to complain about someone's low neckline, I think that he is definitely the big culprit here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then we get the scene in the cells with with Nim and T and playing the hand slap game, which I guess the the reason I had this explained, or I think it was Elio and Lindy who said that it was because Benioff played this game with Momoa, Jason Momoa, Kel Drogo, and he got his hands destroyed. And that's why they did it. I I don't know. I don't know if that's actually true, but yeah, that happened. He literally broke his hand. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, they're playing that game. Tyen slaps Nim's face instead, and Ario arrives before things can escalate. Bronn is brought before Doran, where he is promptly punched by the captain of the guard before he can enjoy the pie. He's never going to use that axe. It's just going to yeah. be a and, sad piece. I can't, like, I can't get myself worked up too much about how, as of now, how banal and inane the Doran plot is, because I feel like every season has had at least one subplot like this, where we're kind of left shrugging and being like, what the hell, and feeling like it doesn't get anywhere. Like Danny was like that in season two and the Theon torture plot and was it season three or four? That just doesn't feel like it, it's kind of spinning its wheels and really doesn't come to anything. And that's what I feel like Dorne has been. So I can't like I can't really get too in arms because I'm like, this hasn't broken a pattern. You know, it's yeah. in pattern with what yeah. the show has done for seasons now. Yeah. I mean, it's just disappointing think- that some of our favorite characters, like a lot of our good characters are wrapped up in this thing, but it's not out of the ballpark of what the show has done before. Yeah, sure, but I think like every single part of this plot has just been completely incompetent. 
Like even the fighting choreography is bad. Usually yeah. like these sort of basic stuff is okay. Does anyone think that Doran might be blowing smoke out of his ass though? Well, that, yeah, like what, yeah, what, I think he, that what is he up to? Like, nothing. He's up to nothing because in the show he's given us nothing that shows us that he's up to anything. Do you, do you think they just end up back in King's Landing safe and that was it? It does feel well, weird that they would if he is up to something that he would go through the, the trouble of tricking Jamie and Braun since they are just two dudes. It's not like they have an entourage and he has to worry about, you know, some sort of treachery getting back to Keen's Landing. It's like, if they're a problem, just take care of them. There's no point if he is up to something and tricking them into believing that they're going to be okay and then knifing them out in the sand or something. Just from a narrative point of view, yeah. they have done nothing to show the, the TV viewers that he is up to anything. Even, like, the closest they've come is when he's toasting Tommen and he's it's kind of like, oh, he's probably just placating Jamie and I don't think he's serious, but there's no backroom scene of him talking to anyone and maybe they're waiting till next episode or next season where he'll get the sand snakes to swear allegiance to him and then tell his plan, but I, I brought it up like, a couple episodes ago, like, I honestly think this is just a placeholder so they can get Jamie back yeah. to do his, like, actual stuff from Dance with Dragons to go to River Run next season they just needed to, to draw it out yeah i think something is going to happen next episode that's going to be something but they you're right they've done nothing to set up anything remotely interesting happening in Dorne. it's all been basically filler at this point but but i think something is going to happen next next episode i have no no notion of what it could be i was kind of speculating that jamie would die somehow but that's completely blowing smoke i have no idea how that could happen if they won't even kill Bron, they'll just slap happen. Bron. they're not going to kill jamie <laughs> i feel like i feel like jamie might bite it yeah i feel I, like that that faux neck swipe Arya Hotod did to him might be set up for him losing his head. I think he's Ares. Uh, what's his name? Ares Okar. I think he's. That's kind of what they're setting him up as. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, mm. called it uh, Chekhov's axe. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's see what happens. And everyone's saying Chekhov's something, glaive. Yeah, something's going to happen in, this episode, <laughs> in episode ten that's going to blow up the internet, and uh, you know, everyone's saying, "Well, it can't just be John. It's got to be something else." And Jamie dying would would do that. I think. I also just feel like this this kind of comes back to, you know, them. Like the the show having what seems like a very poor handle on all these characters in Doran. Doran is like like you said like his 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 um warlike tendencies in the books are like hard to get at but not difficult to set up as a like a layered thing. But there's but there's none of that and like the Sand Snakes are completely almost incoherent and Alaria is literally saying like the same things in every single episode until she has this switch which i think is probably going to turn out to lead to bad things next week um but yeah we do get that last scene with alaria after swearing allegiance to Doran. she goes um to meet jamie who's writing a letter to king's landing in his awesome seven-year-old handwriting uh they talk about love and how alaria knows that my Mar- Mar- Marcella and perhaps even Jamie are innocent of what happened to Oberyn. I like the scene just because it kind of mirrored the talk that Cersei had with Oberyn when he was writing poetry, you know, back home in season four, I think. So it kind of it mirrored that nicely. But yeah, yeah. Well, I just it's again, it's just like why? What? <laughs> What's the point? Like stuff is missing in between. Like she just suddenly turned a switch from this revenge mad woman to this very sort of someone who's reasonable i mean i think it's a mask i don't think she actually is th- is believing these sure but like every, every other previous scene she was just completely hysterical towards anything that's lannister yeah it's i don't i don't really have a way to justify it it's just it's strange dorn and I, I i think that i think that they're gonna have to do something to redeem it next episode whether it's it's good or bad it'll be interesting i'm sure it'll probably targaryen loyalist reveal i like the dorn subplot and feast but at its most like reduced level that's like the most important kernel of information that the martels are 
But who are they oh, going to send? On... Or who, what's the connection going to be? Because there's no other kids. Uh, it's just Varys. the snakes. Yeah, Varys <laughs> might pop in. Oh, Varys comes up. Yeah, right after he goes to King's Landing, he'll just he'll just swim over to Dorne and then he <laughs> takes a boat because he's not a merling. <laughs> no, he sure, is a Greg, merling. Sure. Come on. <laughs> Let us move across the sea to Bravos, where we have Lana continuing to ply her trade on the streets of Bravos. Again, she approaches the thin man, poison vial in hand, but is distracted by the arrival of a Westerosi contingent, including Mace Tyrell and Marin Trant. Mace begins winning and whining and dining Tycho Nestoris, including <laughs> stories of Megar the Third and some rousing singing. Uh, Arya watches from afar. So yeah, we get we get Mace and Marin finally arriving. I think I like this scene the best out of all the yeah, me too. <laughs> scenes in this episode. I he really did have that they... like almost selfie moment though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did mention then you saw the Titan in the background, but I just yeah. hate how they've taken Marin Trent, who's been such a stand up and like awesome member of the Kingsguard to this point yeah. and now just just Character assassination. Character. Yeah. It's almost worse <laughs> than what they did to Stannis. So I... yeah. They were definitely hammering home that this guy is an asshole in every possible way. <laughs> so they, that it's okay that Arya's killing him, I guess. Like what hasn't he done? Like I, maybe he hasn't had any racist remarks. That's like the only box they haven't checked yet. It was cool to see Mace. I thought he 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 seemed more competent than he has in the past, at least in terms of of being I don't know able to to speak <laughs> to have conversations that are longer than oh yes, your grace. And he was funny too, of course. Yeah. I did like how Arya kind of like I feel like this is the most almost vulnerable that she's seen. She seemed almost like entranced by the sight of this guy. You know that he was back in her life, completely unsuspected, and the possibilities that it opened up for her. So I really. Enjoyed that. She wasn't all that stealthy and a smooth operator. She was kind of just caught staring quite a bit and then oh, trying yeah. to look yeah. busy. And she walks right into the brothel. brothel. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I have day-old oysters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little no. weird for me, but I think that that's the point. They're showing the depths of her obsession with these people she wants to kill, and I, I, I think that it makes sense given how long she's been brooding over this and that it goes that gets her to go so far off track. Uh, but yeah, we do then get Marin Trant and some Lannister guards who are apparently guarding Mace, I don't know, who uh, go to a whorehouse. House, and Arya sneaks her way in and watches as Marin Trant turns away all of the women brought before him, looking for someone younger. And uh, then she returns to Jaqen and says that the thin man wasn't hungry today. She'll get the job done tomorrow. I'd like you it wouldn't... to be noted that this was the first brothel scene that there was no nudity in. Oh. So that's a fun thing. <laughs> I'm just really concerned that they're going to make Maisie Williams or do something <sighs> seductive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they, they dropped a lot of hints it, towards that, especially like, like you know, that. meeting the two people on, even when she was selling her stuff today, where they're like, "Well, how much for you?" You know, so they're, they're being a little heavy-handed with that. And also have yeah. have another one for me ready tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Trans says, but I think it's not going to go that far. I think it's going to be. I imagine. I don't know. You yeah, think she's going to use the poison on him, or she's going to get Neil and kill him? I think she's going to stab him. I don't know, though. I'm just tired of having these conversations about women's treatment in Game of Thrones, and I don't want her being... Like, if she's like if she just talks to him, that's fine, but I don't want her, like, undressing or anything. I, yeah, I, I won't be able to deal with it. That might be, like, my leaving point for the show. Yeah, it's historically good. accurate, Katie. Goodbye. Oh, shut up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely see them sexualizing her and mm. having or kill him and it'll be gross and very fulfilling at the same time because she knocked another name off her list well hang on how old is Maisie Williams I feel like yeah. if she's she's 17 she's, 17. she's 18 Not, according oh to oh god no she wouldn't have been during she wasn't 18 she wasn't 18 she wouldn't have been I'm pondering because the Bravosi have such a specific understanding of uh, an individual's like uh, how do I articulate this position 
within the body politic of like bravos like they've abolished slavery they're like the most progressive polity on planetos like and from my understanding as far as the courtesans of bravos they have very sort of um, aristocratic and high place in society but the courtesans might be a different level than just the regular you know yeah but would like some some brothel and bravos have like young women like yeah no that girl looked like she was grabbed off the street like i don't think she knew what was going on yeah, I thought that was like a scullery. It's kind of fucked up there. <laughs> yeah, really? that I, I kind of thought that was complicit. like one of their daughters or something. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought I thought she would have had to have been like involved someone who somehow. maybe in a few years would be doing right. this. It just seems so alien up. to the, like the ethos of Bra- the Bravo Sea people. But I mean, in in the show, is it really? I mean, we how much have we really got? It, it felt weird, but then I was thinking like, well, I mean, what, does this fit for Bravos in the show? Like maybe they barely showed any. Like, yeah, we don't know anything. Day to day interaction. Any thoughts on the bit with Jaken? Like, does he think? That she's lying. I think that that he does. Oh, he, yeah, he he's, knows. oh yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. he's just do letting you, it play out. Do you think that it's like since we're basically like the show is basically like D and D fan fiction now? Do you think they would go the extra step and like she kills Marin Trant and then he unmasks himself and he's like, well, guess what? I'm Serio Pharrell. <laughs> <laughs> Got Victory. So. That would be awesome. I would not be opposed to it. I mean, since we've gone so off the beaten path. Sure. I mean, if you're going to go for, if you're going to go all out, then go all out. Do everything the fans want you to do. Make Jack and Serio Pharrell. Make it awesome. See Serio Pharrell and then she goes blind. I think I, yeah. I, I go back to what I said in some, one of these podcasts. I think the blind thing is going to be a punishment. Yeah. It's not like a normal part of her training. I well, think. it kind of is in the book, too. It kind of happens after she kills Darian, um, I think, right? Right. So yeah. I think yeah. it's going to, I have a feeling, too, it's going to mirror that. She does this and it's bad news and, you know, they punish her and make her go through this whole thing. It also depends, like, if knows. the getting of a new face is a reward or a punishment because they've showed us that whole big reveal with her in the, you know, the room with the face of that. I think she's got to get a new face by the end of the season. I don't know if that would be necessarily like, okay, you've moved on to the next step or, like, now you got to wear this face for the next whatever you know three season episode we'll see but first let us move to stannis's camp mm-hmm. where first we get in the middle of the night melisandre is distracted from her flame watching by some disturbance in the camp as if from nowhere tends to catch fire all over the camp in general <laughs> chaos from nowhere <laughs> randomly <Yeah. laughs> and uh, is magic Yes, he is. Like I said last week, he's so awesome, he can make this happen. The next day, we have Davos telling Stannis that most of their food and all of their siege weapons were burned, so this, this of course, puts them in a very dire situation. Oh, did he mention siege weapons? Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. also, okay, because I never saw any. Which they that, built okay. very quickly. At least they had some. I didn't think they had any. He also said very specifically, it seemed like the work of 20 good men or something. <laughs> <laughs> Davos is a master analyst. He watched the previous song, so he knew what was coming. <laughs> CSI Westeros. And he says he knows nothing of military matters, but yeah. he's just that good. He's that good. Why can't you just prevent such an ambush from happening? <laughs> It's a stupid ambush. Well, he tried, but then he realized that Stannis was just going to hang everyone who he suspected being of being involved, even though... Ask him what happened and then hang them. So he was being fair, at least. <sighs> um, and I think this is one of the big problems I have with the whole setup for what, what's going to happen later is that this just didn't feel like it made sense logically. It didn't feel like it no. made sense that this was how things would go down with Ramsey. Like, how was there no one watching? How did they make this work so well? It just felt all very contrived. How like does the- Ramsey know where Stannis is? <laughs> In the books, <laughs> Arnold Karstark is sending Roose Bolton Ravens. Why does he just go to Stannis can and murder him. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to set a horse on fire because he's fucked up. That's why. Yeah. Those 20 like, good oh, men so are arsonists, not assassins. Yeah. <laughs> 
They have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> Ramsey would love that movie. And yeah, I mean, you can make the the show doesn't want to do these details. They're not important to the show, but it just it, it weakens it for me when when it it's such a cheap reason to give Stannis a put him into such a dire straits. I think that that, that kind of kills the value or like the impact and the, the, the justification, I guess. It's, it's a very stupid reason. Because in the book, yeah. he's in almost the exact same position and yet he's like, I know what I'm doing. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're yeah. fine. And it's just play your freaking ace right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It's it's stupid. And this is a crucial tenet of Stannis' character that he holds out in the face of adversity. You know, Siege of Storm's End, that's his whole thing. He, he held out and he made it work. And he even in this episode sends Davos to save the day, hopefully. And, and it's the same scenario. Basically. Instead, and he's going to get John killed. So, ready to go, Stannis. Yeah. <laughs> the show repeatedly says that Stannis is a great, is one of the best commanders in Westeros. Littlefinger said that this season, I would bet on Stannis if there's a battle. This Stannis is, looks completely incompetent in any sort of military situations. This is this is this is an extremely stupid ambush by twenty dudes, and, and, and he doesn't have guards or sentries. Yeah, like yeah, like he does. He can't even guard against something like that. That's, that's the best commander in yeah. Westeros. Well, he tried to blame it on the guards, but like even when they panned out and they showed like the camp, like the major like, one of the basic tenets of a camp is to dig a trench or to put a palisade mm-hmm. around your camp, and that would pretty much right. prevent horses from getting through or riding through yeah. it. It was just open, and there was literally nothing. Like There weren't even fires burning at like the edges. It just seems... Yeah, and the excuse is that they know the north better, but what how, What can they know that they could sneak through? Can they like, <laughs> like burrow yeah. under the ground and pop up? They're better at hiding themselves in the snow. And, and they're carrying fire. It's not like they're hiding uh, around, sneaking around in the dark. And, like, come and on. Presumably, so. these these Bolton men aren't even from this winter this area around Winterfell. That's like saying I live in New York State, therefore I know my way around New York City. It like it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it doesn't truck at all. Also, they keep mentioning how deep the snow is, and yet they keep showing there's like maybe a couple inches of snow on the ground. There's no nine foot snow yeah. drifts anywhere. They have dog sleds. That's how they got out there. <laughs> The way the camps went up, it seemed like it was almost like a bomb or like something that was <laughs> like they had a triggering device. That yeah, it, was, it was rather absurd, but, but I guess we have to accept. Here's the reason I think that all this matters. Stannis is obviously pushed in this episode to do one of the most terrific things that we've seen. Certainly, certainly an interper. I think it's probably the worst interpersonal thing that we've seen. You know, we've seen a lot of horrific crimes, but not necessarily between people who know each other right. um, and to somebody yeah. who's utterly defenseless. And, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll talk about whether or not it's in character. I'm not as opposed to it being in his character. But the fact is, if you're going to show this, you have to fucking commit. And that means show us three episodes of guys starving, freezing to death in the night, mm-hmm. snow building up. Like, you have to take the fucking time. You just do. And, yeah. like, you have to make us feel it. And, like, you know, they hand wave to it a couple times. Like, we had that weird shot of, like, the men, like, the refugees, basically, like, lining up for soup or whatever it was. And the but, one, like, like, close up at the guy who looked really upset. He just looked <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's really cold. Um, but it's, like, but it's not enough. This is just, again, I think the problem with Game of Thrones over and over and over again is that both in in the lead up and in the emotional fallout, they just, they just fail. They're, they want to have these, these tent pole events, but they don't earn them and they don't treat them respectfully afterwards. So that's my right. 
Yeah, and this yeah. is the thing I was worried about with the John scene, and it turns out that I should have been more worried about this, though I couldn't have, I guess, anticipated it. But but it is that they just didn't set it up. It just it wasn't earned, and, and they didn't just it didn't make sense, and it felt so off, and, and it just didn't resonate the right, right way because they didn't set it up. It just didn't feel appropriate. Yeah, and someone on the forums made the point that well, oh, you know, well, it's you know, people just need to relax because it's the show, and the show can't, you know, they don't have time for that. And I mean, this <laughs> since season one, really, they've been doing this where important details where we're like oh you you could have done that but you you know you have two episodes of raws so you just glossed over stuff really quickly so it's kind of a pattern with them like (laughs) they just well when they have when they could have had the time they didn't use it and now they're out of material so it's you know i mean i I understand if they want to finish the show in a certain amount of time but there's really no reason for them to be like we got to get through this we got to get through this right now to, you know, ten seconds to show that Stannis is—he's—he's he's desperate. We're done. Like you know, it doesn't make sense that this happens so fast. I think this is also where contractual obligation starts to bite them in the ass. Where it's like certain actors have to have so many scenes per season that it's like we get things like the Dornish plot taking up these huge quantities of time where it's not deserved because a lot of those actors need to have so many scenes <laughs> per season, and it does suck because like, because. I do agree you don't feel it, but at a certain point, it's like, well, I don't know. I feel like you just have to write it off as being a loss for the show where they, they did what they could and what, what was allotted to them, but it wasn't enough. And I can understand their kind of conundrum in what that you want episodes to have action and things happening in them, and you don't want to just have people suffering in a cold camp to make it look really dire to have like action and stuff going on. But and even though it would build emotional stakes and stuff for future events, but if we were just watching the development in episode after episode, I can see where non-book readers or non-people that are just watching the show for fun would become a bit disenchanted with that kind of stakes yeah. building. But I don't know. I just feel like the show, I mean, this is this is literally HBO's most popular show ever. You know, I, I it is it is the most pirated show in the world. And they know that, you know, they know what a big deal they are. And they, they've let things percolate. Ollie, even in, uh, even last season. And I just, I feel like, they have these opportunities. Like I keep thinking of like Dorn and, and Marcella, like they could have, they could have developed her character so much more with like tiny scenes that would have involved all the other characters that they have contractual obligations for. And, and, but no, we have like these dumb, like, kisses whatever it comes down to their ability to write i think i'm just mainly frustrated that that they're not they're still thinking of thinking within george martin's framework when they have now carte blanche to just jump out of it and invent stuff and quality stuff and they They still use george martin as a crutch right no 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 no, you know you're right and and when when they don't they don't need to do this and they shouldn't be doing this yeah Yeah. and the stuff they do invent is dumb yeah i wouldn't care if they invented stuff and it was really compelling like you know like for the millionth time i'm not a purist like it doesn't have to be the same but it has to be good they they do some stuff good hard home was a success hard home was awesome so they have the ability to do some things, but for some reason, this Dorn stuff is just completely ridiculous. The Stannis stuff is not good, and the Winterfell stuff is just horrific. So, and, and isn't isn't the kind of the weirdest part is like we see stuff and like like we see what happened in this episode with Stannis, and immediately my thought is like, well, it would have taken five minutes, you know, to actually make this but like believable and work for me, and I would have accepted it. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like it even would have taken that much effort. Yeah, that's but my thought. They don't even do that. Like, if if at the end of that scene, if all he had done is maybe stabbed his sword into her or there was something with Melisandre setting this up like this just seems like he he wants the clouds to go away so he kills his daughter yeah mm-hmm. so we're, so we're kind of talking about this whole thing um so I'm just gonna go ahead and throw out some of the other stuff we get um we have Stannis ordering Davos like I was saying earlier to return to Castle Black to secure the aid of the 
Night's Watch. Davos is reluctant to leave his king's side, but does as he is asked. Stannis does not allow Davos to take Selyse and Shireen with him. Davos comes to Shireen's tent and gives her a carved stag figure as a thank you for all the book clubs and says farewell. And then we do have Stannis going to Shireen's tent where she tells him the story of the Dance of Dragons. It's the Dance of the Dragons, guys. God. <laughs> and Shireen asks well, how Well, they're she... really pressed for time, Zach. Yeah, that, they that couldn't fit in the the there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shireen asks how she can help her father and Stannis says that there is a way. She is led out to the assembled army where she is promptly tied and burned, tied to the stake and burned as a sacrifice to the Red God by Melisandre. Sandra. Selyse breaks down when Shireen screams for her help, but is unable to reach her, and Stannis looks on as his daughter dies. So yes, this is the big thing that we get with Stannis, and we can talk about whether or not it fits his character and kind of the stuff earlier of whether or not they justify it. Um, just one last thought for me on that part is that I think that, like you were kind of saying, Adam, they could have fitted. I, I think that there was room to, even in the allotted Stannis space, to introduce this dilemma earlier, and you can say, I mean, they did with Melisandre, but it, it was a completely different response from Stannis, and they, they need to set up the, the dire straits like we're talking about earlier for it to, to really you know, resonate. It would have, I almost wish they had left out like Ramsay burning the tents and just showed yeah. people mm-hmm. in dire straits because yeah. in the book, like people are cannibalizing each other. Like it is, yeah. it's fucking serious. And here it just seems like they have a flat tire by the side of the road. Mm. The tent burning is, should not be that big of a deal. I mean, yeah, it's an inconvenience, but it's not something like thousands I mean, of people. I mean, it's their stores, but still. Yeah, this it's was their first to say that. And so if they left yep. the Ramsay stuff out and just showed, like had them catching people like eating corpses in the snow like that would have been a hundred times more yeah. effective right like if if Shireen was in if this situation was the situation in the book it's conceivable you know and I mean as to whether it's out of character for for Stannis I personally have always read him as slightly more selfishly ambitious than I think a lot of people have and I think that's totally debatable so I wouldn't like go to the mat over that but like it it didn't shock me that this was their interpretation of him but it did kind of shock me that like this was how they chose to like like he hasn't actually done this whole like it's my destiny you know i have to you know rule i am the rightful king for a little while right started the season like the cart before you know i had the cart before the horse and saving the realm and blah 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 and and now like to come to this it was it was just like i i I see both Stannises here. I'm just not sure the, which one the, is. The problem is, this is not a thing about consistency between book and book and TV show. This is a problem of consistency within the TV show itself. Yes. In the portrayal mm-hmm. of Stannis. This is their Stannis that, that's being consistent in, in his decision makings. And, and you have this scene, like episode five, just four episodes ago of them like lovingly embracing. And within a few episodes, within literally just three three or four scenes afterwards of a few wintry problems and stuff like that, and he's burning her. It's, you know, the, that Shireen and Stannis scene, mm-hmm. I get why they used it this season, but that scene should have been like back in season three or something, because I think right. the progression of mm-hmm. what they're doing in the show, and I think what George may or may not be going for as the book is that Stannis, like the whole thing with Edric Storm and what ended up being the problem with Gendry in the show is that he waffles for a long time on what to do with this kid who is this, you know, does he side with Davos where it's like, does one life matter that much or does he go with Melisandre where you burn this child to save all the children in the world and he doesn't know and it seems like that progression from like the man who is morally conflicted over the life of a child being the man who is with winter pressing upon him says yes it is it is worth it to burn this one child for 
for my destiny, for the glory of the new world or whatever. I can understand that progression, but to have, you know, him hugging Shireen and then four episodes later burning her, it does, it does not work. It doesn't jive. Yeah, and just, I, we brought up, like, is it in Stannis' character? And I, I think one, for me at least, it's not in his character. It's not in, it's not even in the TV show Stannis' character, but just from a book point of view, it was brought up with Edric Storm, like, that's an example of how he could do something like this, but I truly believe that he was glad that Davos took that decision out of his hands, and and that he couldn't, he couldn't go through with it. And also, going back to what he did with Renly with the Shadow Baby, he's haunted by that. He's not, it's it's something that, like, he won't even talk about it, and, like, the whole thing about the right. peach, and, like, I remember that pe- my brother till the day I die, it's, he's he regrets that, and he almost, it's like he's consciously making a decision to forget about it like that was that didn't happen i had dreamt that 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 was a dream and it ha- but it wasn't me robert could piss in a cup and men would call it wine but i offer them pure cold water and they squint in suspicion and mutter to each other about how queer it tastes if someone said i magic myself into a boar to kill robert Likely they would believe that as well. I have no doubt that Cersei had a hand in Robert's death. I will have justice for him. I, and for Ned Stark and John Arryn as well. And for Renly. I dream of it sometimes. Of Renly's dying. A green tent, candles, a woman screaming and blood. I was still abed when he died. Your Devon will tell you. He tried to wake me. Dawn was nigh and my lords were waiting, fretting. I should have been a horse, armored. I knew Renly would attack at break of day. Devon says I thrashed and cried out, but what does it matter? It was a dream. I was in my tent when Renly died and when I woke. My hands were clean. Renly offered me a peach at our parley. Mocked me, defied me, threatened me, and offered me a peach. I thought he was drawing a blade and went for mine own. Was that his purpose? To make me show fear? Or was it one of his pointless jests? When he spoke of how sweet the peach was, did his words have some hidden meaning? Only Renly could vex me so with a piece of fruit. He brought his doom on himself with his treason, but I did love him, Davos. I know that now. I swear, I will go to my grave thinking of my brother's peach. And that's that shows me that yeah, yes, he is ambitious, but he's not ambitious for the reasons in the show. Like he does it out of a well, sense like it's like he's resigned for the Iron Throne. He doesn't want it. It's like I have to do it. I don't have a choice. But see, this, I personally never really bought that. I thought Stannis doth protest too much, a little bit like that. Yeah, but like I thought he was perfectly possible. happy, like commanding the ships, having Dragonstone, doing like Oh sure. You know, I'm not like, saying he was ambitious for the throne before. I'm saying now right. now that he he is the rightful heir, I don't think 
I well, think you he have wants to want it. it a little bit because he doesn't want it at all. It's yeah. I think there's some bitterness that some sibling bitterness that's kind mm-hmm. of working into it. But I also well, the think the whole thing going back with Robert on his wedding night, you know, sleeping with his what is his, his wife's sister in his bed, you know, yeah, he's yeah, gonna have issues. But I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. I think no. you can have the Stannis who does not want to be king because he knows he knows the weight of responsibility in the way that I don't think Robert ever did. And for him, it just seems like such for a grim man, it seems an even more grim fate. But at the same time, I think there is part of him that feels like he is deserved this because he has mm-hmm. done everything that has been required to him. And I don't I think those things contest each other. And I also feel like they should have re-emphasized Melisandre's conviction that he's the Messiah that will save the world and all the whites need needs to be Azora High. Which they and haven't so, mentioned at all since what? Yeah. Since yeah. two? Since yeah. he pulled that sword out of the have they said Azor Ahai on the show? I <clears throat> uh, did yes. once back in season two. Yeah, but yeah, if, if he was actually convinced, or she's obviously convinced, and if he was actually convinced that he had that grand destiny to play, then it, then you have to make more sacrifices, I suppose, than just hey, I want to be king and I got to win this battle. Then that's yeah, and that's the big thing. And even in context of the episode, they it's so vague what it's even gonna do. It just feels right. so like. Is this worth it? Like just getting the 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 storm to go away so they can attack Winterfell. It but, all I feels mean, very un you know just petty and not. It not seems like they're doing it to get a you know like like the Romans would get a right. make sacrifices before a battle like just to, to right. get the favor of the gods. It's, and, yeah. And from the, the preview to, of the next chapter of the next episode, it looks like that's kind of what they're playing uh, up. That they're, they're the trying to. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. They're trying to reference the Epigenea, the Agamemnon uh, burning Epigenea thing. But like it's yeah. it just like context matters in these sort of things. When 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 Stannis was was trying to was killing Renly, when Stannis was trying to kill Edric Storm, those are different contexts than what he is doing right now. And and motivations change according to contexts, right? And mm-hmm. it's also I don't think like I I listened to a cast of kings, which is there's one book reader and then one not book reader, and I think like the non book readers aren't stupid. <clears throat> they they pick up on the non continuity and the fact that. Like they've been asking, you know, he did the leech thing, and only two of the three kings are dead. And it's like, well, why can't he make more shadow babies with Melisandre? Well, he just can't. You know, we haven't told you why yeah. he can't for three seasons. He just can't. So it's like the whole, like, Melisandre, like, keep rubbing up on him saying, you know, you have to do this, you have to do this. Well, why do you have to do <laughs> Like, why don't, why don't we have anything else to pull out of, like, your magic reservoir of bullshit, lady? And so. right, and we don't even see Melisandre. That could have been a really interesting moment for her. Talk, talking about character development, Melisandre. Sandra, and I know it's. This is not necessarily a criticism because that's what it is, because this is kind of the character. But she has like not changed at all in 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 four seasons, and like kind of similar to Sansa. I don't see there being a setup where this would not like make my gorge rise every time I think about it. But but I could see it being this collision of circumstances and insecurity and. Attempting to, you know, to, to like Melisandre maybe like being really unsure, but trying to, you know, make make it seem like she's certain and like and we get none of that, like really none of that. And it's just so frustrating because the show like wants to take credit for doing this daring, like emotional thing. And, 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 you know, like Dan Weiss talking about how, oh, you know, this asks you to consider, well, what if, what if your faith isn't right? It's like, no, that's not, that wasn't raised at all. You know, like, no, they're all really, really certain. And, and Solis is even certain. She just... Correct. They they think they're being a lot smarter than actually yeah. showing, <laughs> and that's a huge problem. They're starting to drink their own Kool Aid. Yeah. 
like I get that there's not enough time. Like Melisandre's not a character that needs to change for me. If she mm-hmm. barely changes in the books, like the little that we see inside of her head. But it doesn't even really get into the fact that, you know, her ass is on the line. If, you know, if this turns out to be wrong, like, I can't imagine, like, Stannis would even put up with her bullshit anymore. It seems like there would be at least a tremor of doubt from her. Well, they don't even have, like, like, doesn't, isn't there a scene where, I don't, I don't remember when, but, like, Stannis has threatened Melisandre before. And he's been like, if this goes wrong, you're fucked. In the books he does that. I don't remember him doing that in the show. uh, No, he doesn't. Yeah, season two, end of season two. Oh, okay. He tries to choke her. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, this is one of those situations where that would be appropriate. If for some reason this isn't entirely successful, I still don't know if Stannis would do that at this point. Because he's killed his own daughter and he's pot committed, right? Like, at this point, like, if it only half works, he still has to go, well, you know, he has to convince himself that it worked all the way, right? He, He can't, I don't think he could accept if he did this and it was a mistake. Do we think that he's uh, presumably like Davos is delivering the equivalent of the pink letter, the motivator for John to make a stupid choice? But do we think if things work out the way they should, next episode Melisandre gets sent back to Castle Black, and that's how we get John—at least the intimation that John is not completely dead? I don't think we can because in the preview they show Melisandre basically outside the walls of Winterfell with Stannis when he's like, "The siege begins tonight." So how I don't think she can be back in, in Castle Black in this episode. Speaking of Davos, how much do we think he suspected this was going to happen when he left? I can't. I it. can't. Like, no, I can't. Not at all, because he would have taken her with him. <laughs> or, well, yeah, I, that, I that, think he might right. have been like, uh, like, I think he might have had a terrified, feverish, like, half thought about yeah. it. He didn't want to believe it. Because he's, exactly. He's so I can't think he really yeah. thought it would have happened. Because there is a huge divide here than, than in the show it being Gendry and he just... Right. Like, just <laughs> and yeah, then it's Shireen. It's a huge difference. <laughs> but 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 it, I think what he thought is that that he won't go through with it this time because Shireen's obviously so much more important emotionally and logistically because she's his only heir and it doesn't look like he's going to get another it, one. It seems so obvious once I mean we all knew once you know Davos is like just let me just come on just let me take her let me take her and he's like yeah no 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 get out of here like it seems really obvious and either Davos is lying to himself He's just following orders, which doesn't seem like, I don't know, just the scene seems like there's two things going on. I I get what you're saying, because it does, like, from the audience point of view, I feel like Shireen getting burnt at the stake has been built up enough. Like, we were anticipating this fairly early on in the season. But I feel like Davos's point of view, I feel like... longer than that, too. Yeah, I feel like from Davos, though, even if, I I do agree with me all, where it's like, I feel like even if he did have that thought, I feel like there would still be some part of him that would be like, surely not. I think he was like me, where it was like, well, I mean, less than me, because I was, I, you know, thought it would happen, but still deep down was like, but she's a child. You would think if he, if he knew that they were going to, you know, kill Gendry, that maybe Shireen was not as safe as he presumed, I don't know. I get, you could but read that. Did you hear the King's Blood stuff, like, that that was coming, that that had come yeah. back? Like, did that, did... Davos know that. Yeah. Was, was in the show, was he there for any of those conversations? He, he, he wasn't there, but Stannis keep mentioning it to him, I think. He talked about how Rob Stark is dead, uh, Joffrey is dead. <laughs> and that other guy. Well, well, on Greyjoy, question mark? He was mark? really just a bonus anyway. I threw it in, yeah. like, you know, three for um, two, whatever. <laughs> Do we think Davos is going to stay loyal when he finds out about this? Bob, or is this the break? Mm. Yeah, the breaking point for him. I don't know how they're gonna do Davos. Yeah. It would be because I mean Davos he is the epitome of loyalty in the face of all of Stannis's faults, and you would have to ask like, is would this be the thing that breaks his faith in yeah, his king? The, 
the only way I could see it playing out is if somehow he gets to the wall and somehow it comes out that he finds out the Stark kids are alive and just runs off to do that. Like this is this is important. Stan, you know, Stannis will understand without knowing what happens. If he hears about this, he's done. It just doesn't make sense that he would that he goes back. It doesn't make sense that he's working for Stannis anymore. Like, yeah, he'll go also, join Danny. They <laughs> 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 played 2.0. up so much, like the death of his son in the show. I think has been played up in a way that it really wasn't in the. I mean, in the books, like he loses like what four kids. It almost kind of. Yeah, yeah, but he's got six yeah. other ones. So it's yeah, it kind of all swirls together, but in the, in really the show, okay. he only has the one, and he, and he dwells on it, I think, a lot more. And I think Stannis willingly killing his child would be like, fuck this world. <laughs> I'm going I'm going rogue. I don't know how, honestly, I mean, I, uh, like I said, I don't anticipate him actually finding out. And, and also knowing that he was in a position to theoretically save her. Like, he couldn't do anything about his sons. They were at the Blackwater, and that was horrible, but they were soldiers soldier in the case of the show but there is just no way to look at this in which it it it's not horrible for everyone and for davos obviously i think he might actually like hightail it and the show will not confront that um which which is maybe similar to what is dot 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 gonna happen in the books but can i talk about felice for a second okay i actually called this situation i would think i wrote it for him and the reason i actually didn't really think it was going to happen because i i was thinking like this it doesn't actually make sense right like i just thought it would be more dramatically interesting but they even screw this up because it's it's not that salise makes a choice here she's going along with it she's going along with it and then she just crap like like literally what it is is she is her faith is too weak. Her faith that has been so strong this whole time. She has had two defining characteristics. She hates Shireen and she loves the Lord of Light. That is it. And, <clears throat> sorry, those things don't even flip. It's it's just that, like, she, she just can't handle this. And it's so frustrating to me because they really could have had this with her being like, maybe I'm okay, maybe I'm okay. And then, like, immediately as it starts, no, I'm yeah, not okay. It was like the flipping of a switch. It was way too fast. Exactly. And it's like, oh, it's motherhood, Michal. Exactly. That's what Dan Weiss says, like, in the in the thing. And I was, it was like, she becomes a mother again. It's like, no, excuse me. She was always a mother to Shireen. And, like, and I don't, and, and, like, the whole, like, oh, I hate my daughter is, like, so dumb also. I mean, in the books, obviously, she's not, like, Shireen's biggest fan. But, like, I can understand her point of view. Like, she's terrible, whatever. But I can understand her point of view, whereas, like, you know, her job is to give Stannis sons. And, you know, this is, like, the only thing that she's created for him and blah, blah, blah. And they even have that weird line, like, earlier in the season when, you know, Shireen is teaching Gilly how to, how to read. And she's like, oh, all your books and you still don't know what men will do and it's like what does that even mean now like that doesn't mean anything like you you didn't want to protect her you only it was like you started to lactate when you heard her crying it was you know is that canon i don't remember that from the books they have a weird hang up on on motherhood which is just you know like if a, if a woman is capable of being mothering it'll somehow shatter all preconceptions about her character and Make her do weird things that don't make sense. And same thing as last week with Carsey, right? Like last week, she, she she doesn't even bother fighting the baby whites. It's like she knows they're dead. They don't even look like children. They look dead. She just gives up. Yeah. Exactly. She's like, no, oh, they I look like dead children. A child, and it's like the estrogen it's like, too strong. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what do you think we are? We do even get in the the whole controversial in inside the episode thing. The basically saying we don't understand Salise. We don't. 
don't comprehend her at all as a character. So. <laughs> Who can know her crazy mind? Yeah. <laughs> I will say, you know, I guess a point in the scene is I did think the acting was very well done. Yeah. I mean, like, it was great. For Celise, I mean, it was like when she just collapses in a heap, I thought it was just really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, you got the impression really that she's like never made those sounds before. Like they could, they were, it was so rough coming out of her mouth. Yeah, I don't know what direction they give to the child actor. Well, she's oh, Lord. That was fucking. She's like, She's a lot older than she looks. Then you're being eaten by space wasps and then just start screaming. Whatever. And, and the reason it hit so hard wasn't just that, but also that she's been built up as such a sympathetic character, maybe one of the most. She's just like such an innocent, and she plays that that so well, and she's just a cool. And she reads know, books. Yeah, she reads books. Like one of the only people that does. <laughs> yeah, Stannis I doesn't read books. She knows more about Song of Ice and Fire canon than anyone else yeah, on this Stannis show. Stannis apparently knows yes. nothing about the Dance of the Dragons. Yeah, he doesn't. He knows that <laughs> His like great grandfather was a pretty big player in. So yeah, yeah not yeah. important. One other big topic of discussion on on this whole bit is the is part of that inside the episode thing where if we're going to keep hating on our good old show creators D D, um they do say that this they say when george told us about this uh as if to preempt <laughs> the the rage that would be that would be going in a lot of people have of course then draw the conclusion that this will happen in the books if george told them then he knows it's going to happen he's going to make it happen and this was a you know a big thing and what do you guys think about that do you think that it will happen do you think stannis will be involved Here's the thing. I've been very supportive of David and Dan for the past four seasons. And I mean, I've defended the show on notable attempts. So when I say the following, this is not a per- this is not a- as Mihal said. This is not as a, a book only D and D hater. But what the fuck were they thinking when they said those things? That like why would you say why why would you say that? You know, they've been warning people about spoilers. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil the show for, for for the show only watchers. And now you're spoiling every the book readers. The way that I heard it was we were talking to George and would Stannis burn his child? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he would. You were saying they like brought the idea to him and were like, hey, mm-hmm. what does this fly? You know, right. Mm. Right, like, is mm-hmm. this in his character? And based on burning Edric Storm, I would agree with it. I'll give you but that, then... but under these circumstances, not even close. Like, I mean, I think that I am fairly confident that this is a spoiler. I don't think that it's necessarily... It's not even necessarily burning, but it it is... I'm fairly confident that this is what something along these lines is going to happen. And... I, I'm torn because I'm actually not, I mean, I'm upset about both the fact of it and the fact that I'm so angry that the show did it, but really if George does it, what does that mean? And I can't like defend George doing it because I have no idea what George actually does. But the fact is I'm not upset conceptually about spoilers in the show because no. they no. discussed this and we kind of knew it was coming and, you know. Sure. I think you might be able to debate like once we know once we know everything, we might be able to to debate like do they need to have this in season five as opposed to season six when assuming Winds of Winter doesn't come out, we all know there's going to be spoilers. But but I'm not you know I'm I'm not like Linda like oh they betrayed the fans like no no. I mean I'm not yeah I'm not going that far when I say this I just think that it's just simply that there's a difference between just showing on a show, actually outright saying it that doing it in a featurette yeah. 
Like, this is this is from George. So I don't. I know. feel like these guys don't actually well, think that hard about what they say. I mean, like these things are probably should. all filmed in one day, and they, you know, I mean, I agree with you. They should. I'm more surprised that they left that in the cut. Yeah. What what he says, what Benioff says is. When George first told us about this, it was one of those moments when I remember looking at Dan and I was just like, God, that's so horrible and so good in a story sense because it all comes together. You could just you could have just cut it as saying, like, it was one of those moments when I remember looking at Dan and then we would have thought when we thought of this. Yeah, I think there was a sense of deliberateness to that, though. They wanted to. I don't know. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go so far as to say pin it on George, but they they don't want to take responsibility for it to some extent because. They knew this would be the reaction. People were like, oh, your character is assassinating Stannis. And they're saying, whoa, no, we're not. This is going to happen. This is Stannis. But I don't see well, it happening. Uh, yeah, but context matters. Sure, yes, yeah. context matters. And that's the other big thing is that it's going to happen in the books, but not – maybe if All it happens in the books, not remotely like well, this. There's, like Aziz brought this up on the main podcast. If this happens when the wall has crumbled and the others are marching and like it's a last-ditch effort to save humanity, yeah. that's completely different than the first snow – Keeping your troops from. Good, I want to get out of the snow. Good. <laughs> there we go. There you got your opener again. Which, which, is, which is kind of, which is really like kind of funny. I keep thinking of this like Stannis like on Dragonstone, like starving to death, basically like a second away from eating all the dead people who have died of starvation. Though. Exactly. And Library like candies are highly underrated. They're actually quite <laughs> sweet. So. <laughs> And that well, and that Stannis is like, we will prevail. And then, and this Stannis is like, you know, it's really chilly. I could use a fire, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's all freezing today. The thing is, if he had Melisandre in that siege, how long would have he waited to sacrifice people? If he thought that magic was going to lift that siege. Yeah, I mean, it's we don't know because we also don't know how it turns out. Also, mm. David said in that uh, I think it was at the Oxford Union where like someone asked about spoilers. He's like, "Well, you're you're fine for this season. Like, there's no spoilers this season." And then we're getting uh, well, some pretty big spoilers. What, what he said was, "Oh, well, the first scene of the season and the last scene of the season are totally in the book, so I think you're okay." He didn't really. He didn't. He he was very. He said something along yeah. the lines of like, "You're okay. Like, there's no major spoilers this season, unless I'm making that up. I'm pretty because I I I was like that was a big relief because I was considering not watching. So that was one of the things I sort of rested my. Well, he said there's not going to be major spoilers this season. Well, HBO would not be happy with their people saying don't watch the show this season. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. George even said that. he's like, I'm not going to tell you not to watch the show. Of course. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, George has his own opinion on spoilers and if they matter or not. Um, How many children does Scarlett O'Hara have? (laughs) What if he feels I don't get that reference. He says that in his his treatise on spoilers, it's because it's different in the in the book Gone with the Wind in the movie. He pulls it out every time. He said it at Comic Con, like that's his his response. See, I'm I'm not familiar with either (laughs) at this point, and this is like you know tinfoil hat right here. But at this point, he could just be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, guys." Stan is totally, you know, this. He, he, let me tell you what he does, and then the show does it, and he's like, "Oh, that, that, that." The reaction was poor. I'm changing that, or maybe yeah. it's something he's like waffling on, and mm-hmm. like I, I don't want to be like all conspiracy theorists about it, but he's well, in a very conspir- convenient what, point. Like, well, it's not even conspiracy well, theory, as in this. These books are literally not finished. Like the things that he says doesn't have any weight whatsoever to 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 Dan, the David and Dan. And he's free to make changes afterwards just based on the fact, well, creatively, this is not working, so I'm going to make changes. Yeah, like the, if the actress who played Osha, you know, made him rewrite that character and have her do different things in later books, then the mm-hmm. fan reactions to this, that could make him rethink it. I don't know if it will, but 
It also depends on no. like when they told when he told them years ago in broad points or whatever that term was. Did he right. just give them like a line like Shireen burns or this 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 happens and then Shireen burns? You know, it all depends on what kind of how, what that conversation was. Pretty well, sure Brian Cogman had an interview where he said that he like they went to George's house and they looked at his stuff. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm not saying they know everything. <laughs> no, they, George they wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, they were the people they broke into his house. I think it was yeah. like. Season one or something. Sure, and yeah. things could have completely changed after that. He could have yeah. changed. Well, his notes. I mean, what he sent to the University of Texas as a broad outline of John and Arya getting together, and you know, Tyrion take uh, sacking Winterfell, and things like, changed you know, in the process. Well, that was before yeah. any of the series. Yeah, was that written. was like his his like Long? summary of his what the series training. would be to his editor. Yeah, that was no. I know, Arya but, I mean, and John had an incestuous relationship. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it could be changed. Yeah, maybe he'll listen. We to don't the know North until be okay, and he'll make Scott goose <laughs> like you guys are positing. So basically, what we're saying is George was really close to finishing the book, mm-hmm. and then we all said that we don't like what happens. going to be another. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, I gotta rework this whole last book because because it didn't it didn't end well on the show. <laughs> yeah, the show is just one big focus group for George in right. the books. I mean, maybe he's I mean, when, smoke, when but... Green Lantern showed up, that really just threw it up. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that part, but yeah, he he has made the point. He doesn't want to cave to fan reaction type stuff. I think you know, there's a the whole thing with like people knowing about R plus L equals J, but he's still gonna go through with it because it's part of the story. But but this is I guess this could be different. And are we convinced that this that because of what they said that Stannis is gonna end up doing this? Let me take a formal poll. No, one hundred percent sure Stannis will not do this. It will be out of decision taken out of his hands, okay. or or it will be made where he's not involved in this. Plus, he has no reason to do it. I mean, yeah. she's not nearby. He has other king's blood around there. Yeah, like, but. We can predict that. I mean, we can assume that maybe something will occur later that is going to yeah. cause the action, and it, it, it'll the probably going to be in chaos. And the, 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 when the next book opens up with with John dying, Melisandre, the, it's going to be chaos, and anything can happen in that time period. What I, I could see him doing this as, like we said, like a thing, you know, like a lightbringer sort of thing. Yeah. But nice, nice. Um, but it seems. I mean, in the book, it seems like Melisandre is kind of well. She's taking look at a look at John now. I mean, what if it comes to the point where she says, "Oh, I was wrong, Stannis. It's not you," and he's like, "I'll prove it." me you know or so, or there's some crazy moment like that like it would have to be something pretty intense yeah. like well, it oh wouldn't yeah. just be we, like we, uh, bur- to burn his daughter for no reason i'm not discounting the possibility i think that that uh, even if you say that it doesn't fit with his past character traits and his actions he, and people will make the argument that it does it is on the line of stannis I'm, I'm not necessarily there but but i do kind of have the theory that stannis is going to go dark to some extent well, and there's that, that several theories out there that he does become this kind of dark king and, and go right, the other yeah. way and, and that's that's fine that could happen I'm just saying up till this point, what I, in my opinion, what I've seen, I don't think he'd do it. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the Stannis of, of I'm not saying now, like, I love Stannis and he's never going to do anything bad. You know, he's done some bad things. Yeah, and I part agree. of the reason I the like st- him is because he's acknowledged he's done some bad things and he's moved on. The Stannis of, of, of this point of the last bit we get of him in dance would not do this. And the Stannis, right. this is why it seems so egregious that the Stannis, because he's relatively in the same spot in the show that he would do it at that same point. The Stannis in the book would not have done it at that point. He's going to kill Shireen to raise an ice dragon just to make Greg's head explode. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. At, at this point, yeah. if that was the reason, I'd be like, "All right, that's a good reason." But yeah, it's still not gonna happen. I, I think it's gonna happen. I think uh, I don't. I don't know. Again, I I, I definitely don't want to put any money on the exact details. Thousand dollars, maybe. <laughs> All my money is caught up in, in my bet with Matt. So I keep forgetting what our bet was. Anyway, is it that they're John's gonna die in the last episode? 
You think he's gonna die? Yeah. Matt says he's not. Oh, do you think he's gonna get stabbed, or like they're just not? They're not gonna get to it. Is that what we're betting on? He's not gonna die in the last episode. Okay. I mean, is but it gonna be that... an ambiguous end, or like they're not even gonna do it in the last episode? He's not gonna die. Oh, you're semantics. In <laughs> <laughs> his body, though. I was just betting that they're gonna do the Ides of March. So that's that's what I was betting. So I'm sorry if they were confused about. That. Anyway, yeah, I I do think that Stannis will be involved somehow. I probably. I mean, maybe not. You know, maybe this. Just Melisandre and Shireen. Maybe, maybe they find out that maybe they see the letter, right, and and freak out. And Melisandre goes like, "We can, you know, we can resurrect him from afar or something like that." If because they said that whoever wrote the pink letter said that Stannis was dead, right? Yeah. In the letter. Yeah. Right. And so he had his red and, whore. Right. Exactly. So I could see that happening, but I could also see some kind of Nissa Nissa Azor High thing going on. Very, very much. I could definitely see that happening. Actually. Yeah, I think that the thing we have to keep in mind that as far as I know, this is not the end game for Stannis. Winterfell and all that is not the end game. I think he will return to the wall at some point. So at least logistically speaking, I think that he will end up near Shireen. I want to like grab her and run away with her. Yeah. <laughs> Take her to Skagos. But I, I did. I I mean, I didn't see it and I have no intention of rewatching that scene. But um, if she is holding that stag, I think that that is either, either the showrunners again, like thinking like, oh, it's so symbolic, he's burning his whole line and blah, blah, blah. Or it's actually like, no, Stannis is fucked. And, like, the Baratheons are screwed. Well, the, the insignia is the burning stag. And then yeah. Not, so. so, yeah. Any last thoughts on Stannis and this whole plot before we move on? Of course, we've been on it for a while. <laughs> Wait, is there somewhere else uh, to move on to? Oh, crap. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. All right. Let, let us go Maybe ahead and, and depart from the, this horrible place and, and go to Maureen, a much better place, of course, <laughs> where we have the great games beginning with a bout between a quick man and a strong man. Dario bets on the quick, Isdar on the strong, and the strong man is the victor, much to Isdar's delight. We have Jorah being brought with the next group of fighters, Danny giving her, oh, God, he's back look as, as he arrives. And after a few close calls, he emerges victorious over the various other combatants. Spotting a harpy lurking behind Danny's box, he kills the man with a spear, and harpies emerge from all over the stadium, killing freedmen or yeah, the stadium of <laughs> freedmen and former masters alike as they approach Danny, who tries to flee with Nisandi, Tyrion, Dario, and Jorah. His dar is killed by a harpy. Danny and team is surrounded, and when it seems like they're all about to be overwhelmed, Drogon arrives, burning and killing all in his path. He takes a few spears and looks as though he might be overwhelmed. Danny calls out to him, and Drogon answers. She climbs on his back and flies away, leaving everything behind. So yes, the Daznax pit scene, of course, the big soaring moment for Danny to get here in the show. Can I just say that the announcer who ah, comes out to... Yeah, who <laughs> <laughs> Sexy <laughs> Jesus point two. <laughs> Sexy... Well, that's Nick Bolton who does the voice for Hawk in Dragon Age 2, and that's the Is real it? reason I'm on the podcast oh, really? today. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's another one of her cartoons. <gasps> Video Take game. Back. Just for that, Greg, I am going to mention a cartoon and say that like when the harpies all put on their, their masks, I was like, oh my god, they're equalists! Yeah. Equalists <laughs> in the pro-banding arena! I was thinking more putties from Power Rangers. <laughs> That's what they've been for me for so many things fit. <laughs> I was thinking, how do they get all these yeah, masks? I don't know what. Right. How do they fit under their robes? They really need metal detectors. Yeah. yeah. There can't so be this many Sons of the Harpy. It seems like they've been doing a heavy recruiting campaign. And what the 
hell? Okay, like you know, Jorah, Jorah has that grand moment right where he like throws the spear and there and you know stabs the guy. Like, where are the Unsullied? Like, what are they even there for? I, I, yeah. I don't expect the like the Unsullied them to... are there to get stabbed by the Harpies. That's what they're there for. <laughs> Dario, Dario keeps shouting, "Defend your queen!" Like they don't know. Where are the freaking like Second Sons? We saw like ten of them when they beheaded uh, Massa Missand or whatever, and then they're just gone. Like he's the only one we see. Seems like she only has about ten of them left at this point, so they're poorly utilized. Little guarding grey worm. They're like, like, like dying off slowly, and like the show is eventually going to be like, okay, let those behind. For a split second, I was sure that Jorah had, like, he had purposely thrown that spirit at Danny, like, fuck you, bitch. Like, <laughs> stop yanking my dick around after all these <laughs> <laughs> what, an, what an ending that would have been. That would have broke the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was kind of what they were going for, though. They were trying to make it look like he was going to stab it. But. <laughs> but before the actual fight, like, I really enjoyed the face-off between the water dancer and yeah, Jorah. Like, that was... I mean, we saw Sirio, but he had a wooden sword and he got it chopped off, you know, but that was really, you know, it was good to see because you get the hound saying how, like, they're stupid against a guy in armor, and, but he actually, you know, he beat him, and it wasn't for the other guy, the Marinese guy, that he would have, been, would have been gone, but I, I like that. I like that whole sequence. I thought that the whole fighting pits thing was really well choreographed, and it yeah. was cool to get like these different fighting styles. You have the the water dancer, the Dothraki guy, the 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 um, Marinese spear guy, and of course Jorah. So and I kept was... like they've had so many chances to bring in Strong Belwas, and they're like, "Shall it be a Marinese champion?" It's like, "Oh, it's gonna be Strong Belwas," and it's just the generic <laughs> guy in a, in a in armor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> They're, that's the, that's their ace in the hole if they ever need it. Yeah. The, this whole sequence brought me around on show Dario in a way that like nothing else has this entire show, because he's such a non-entity. And this I felt like actually gave him some sense of personality and genuineness and camaraderie with the other characters, which I know like Dario was so sleazy and like you can't believe there's no sincerity about him at all. But actually, you know, I was on him. I was like, you know, he's part of Team Danny. I, I totally kind of bought that he's invested in kind of a fun character to have around. I liked him a lot in this this episode and I've never like given like a rat's ass about this character ever ever before. Yeah. Just wait till next week when he takes power. <laughs> have you seen the preview? They're just sort of like sighing and kicking their feet around in the throne room. Left well, behind. Did you see <laughs> You guys all think that his dar is dead. Yeah, yeah, so. sure. yeah. I don't know. They, the way they shot it, it seemed like yep. they left that intentionally up in the air. You know, he got yeah, he got stabbed, but you know, Caesar was stabbed what forty times, and only one of them actually killed him. So, <laughs> I think it, it so could be so. something where he lives, but I think the show clearly doesn't care about like who is the harpy or who's behind all this. Or, I so I don't think they have a reason to keep him alive. I'm That's pretty sure he got people. stabbed in the heart. So. It was the other side, I think. I think it was the other yeah. side, but still, like, it's a, it's a fairly fatal wound most yeah. of the time. Yeah, but right? I was could be, like, re- gonna could do be that. recovering by Grey Worm next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Grey Worm comes back from being the Night King in the North. Did no one actually know that? It's the same actor. <laughs> what? what? No. 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 The actor that's oh, like someone mentioned that on the forums, I think, but the guy that plays it, it's a different actor. I looked it up. No, it's I will not be great. shamed on this point. Let me. <laughs> you will be. Shamed. You're shamed. Shame. <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was fun. This whole portion of the show was fun. What do we yeah. think of Jorah handling Danny and touching people all the time with his grayscale? Oh, he has to just not make contact with the. Patient zero. 
one thing. You just they can't touch the infected part. Right. Do you guys think actually that Jorah is paying attention to this? Because I don't. <laughs> Doesn't care. <laughs> no, he could have sweat running down into his palm across the wound, and Danny touches his hand, and then she touches Miss Sandy, and then Miss Sandy touches Tyrion, and. They all die. And Jorah was bleeding. Yeah. Whatever. I'm still on my gray, grayscale horse. Yes. My grayscale mare. Thoughts on the whole sequence with Drogon, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> I when, felt teary eyed. This was this uh, was a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to hate on it. Like, it wasn't perfect, but I'm not going to hate yeah. on it. It's yeah, tough it to fun. make that. I mean, it just, it was obviously, I mean, it had to be a green scene. It had to be CGI, but yeah, yeah. it just seemed like. I don't know, like, every time they showed the dragons before this, like, alright, that's $10,000 or $20,000 that they can't put into the last the Des next bit, and, you know, it just seemed like they, it just wasn't... Well, the pit the pit looked pretty good, though, didn't it? Like, no, the, yeah, the fighting, yeah, everything, the, the and him burning people, was, great. was fine, but, like, just when she actually climbs on him, it, it just, it wasn't as... It was when, uh, when he roars at her, there's, like, no blood splatter on her face, like, not even a few flecks. Like, there's such a dissonance between what is, like, uh, concrete and what is, uh, the actual actor. So they do like do that cardinal sin of green screen, which is that when she gets on his back, her hair is just, it's not Stationary. moving. Yeah, and it was, yeah. A con- it was almost different, like her hair seemed different from the scene before, so it was like obviously a different scene. But the music was stirring, and Tyrion's look as he, like his Team Danny as they're watching her fly away and ditch them, it was just, it was so beautiful. I don't care. I don't give a shit what y'all say. It was it was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't hit for me, but I can see why. What? But it, yeah, just just something about it just wasn't coming together. Whether it be the editing, the music, or just the CGI being weird, it just it, it wasn't doing it. But I it wasn't a huge negative for me. Yeah. Well, the motivation was a little, and I, a lot of people actually brought this up. The motivation for her actually leaving seemed a little out of place, and that. Yeah. Like the moment she leaves, it seems like all the rest of the harpies either are dead or just kind of dissolve into the crowd. There's no reason for her to take off and leave her companions to their fate. <laughs> they I should mean. be yelling, "We yeah. just won!" Yeah, like, <laughs> we're fine. They didn't make it clear, like, "Oh, he's he's just sort of running away with her." Or like, it seemed like she was yeah. in full control. But I think part of this is a symptom of the medium switch. Is that you know we can shit on the whole. Danny's storyline and dance taking forever, but part of the reason why this this bit is so browsing in the book is that it's because it's such a huge departure from from everything she's done before she's you know just forgetting about marine just wants to get gone she's taking off her floppy ears and whatnot <laughs> when she was just holding hands with the, uh Missandei and like waiting to die and closed her eyes did it seem like she was summoning drogon like trying to, it was almost looked like she was about to i thought she was her <laughs> eyes would turn white <laughs> like, start working. Be like dragon. Wrong family. Well, Second Benioff spoiler said that in, in the, the episode. Thing. Yeah, Benioff said like you know we're you know there's this mental connection, but there wasn't enough time because like she closes her eyes, there's like three seconds, and then you hear Drogon scream. So he obviously was there already. It's not like she just called him. So well, there yeah. was like that initial burst of flame, so maybe he can like teleport through flame blasts. I think we're supposed to think that you know they've got a connection, and maybe he sort of was just in the area and had had already been on his way, and and then that that moment was just their way of being like, "See, guys, see, they're they're totally like in sync." Well, I see that from from Drogon. Like, I could see Drogon doing that, but like in episode like two or whatever, like Drogon was on the roof of Danny's thing, and she had no idea that he was there. So, like, I'm not, I'm not buying the whole like oh she psychically called him you know no but like i said i think they just were using it to kind of show that like like he came because of her you know 
but they showed it through her. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense that way, but but then she's completely com- like pieced out. She's just like, oh, have fun with the harpies. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're winning. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, you know, he 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 does have a couple of spears in him, and maybe she's like, I need to get him out of here. I, I think know. that was the reason that, that she right. was in danger, and she wanted to get him out of there. I think that was the primary motivation they were going for with them. See, I guess. Yeah, but. Well, the, the problem is maybe I'm just confused from the book because, like, I, you know, in the book it really is a, like, I, I'm i done with Marine. I'm done with this. And, you know, in, in the so I was reading it that way in the show. Maybe I shouldn't have been because in the show it's like, you know, but, but, but why are you done with Marine? You have, like, your best friend and, like, there's no way you can continue to punish Jorah after he just saved your life, like, six times and th- that motivation for me in the books like really rang true that she was like I can't I can't deal with this anymore so I don't know if uh, I mean again maybe I'm just reading it wrong in the show we'll always have VOK episode 200 to re- rely on <laughs> I definitely think part of it is that we don't get an internal monologue and I, I think it's a very difficult kind of thing to convey purely f- through you know like facial reactions and, and, and you know outward physical acting is that like I, I'm done I need to get out of here and for it, sure it was it was kind of showing you know during the fighting pits thing like it's been this kind of consistent thing where you know she's generally distasteful of it but it definitely didn't have the same kind of like oh I'm just overwhelmed I've had enough she's yeah. more annoyed than, yeah, yeah. than genuinely yeah. upset and in the books it's very much like she's neglected this violent conqueror side of her whereas here it's like my babies <laughs> yeah. I've forgotten my children it's very sentimental yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't get out her whip and like be fierce. She was like, "Oh, please be nice," going gently to approach him and tame him. He did look cool when he came out of that fireball, though. At the very beginning. Mm-hmm. He made an entrance. Yeah. yeah. The music was very good too. Yeah. And I did like how they showed him like he was killing a lot. He was, you know, he killed a couple unsullied. He killed a couple innocent, you know, people. Right. So it wasn't like he was just doing what she said. He was just breathing fire everywhere okay so yeah any any other major thoughts on this episode before we wrap it up we've been we've been burning for a while so shut up how dare you (laughs) sorry i didn't mean that i was totally (laughs) unintentional (laughs) hey there's lots of possible meetings they're burning like drogon (laughs) i think we should burn shireen every week to make every episode a little sunnier. Because I thought this episode was fantastic and fun. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you, Adam. <laughs> Fans just think he just told Adam to go fuck himself. We need to see what Preference. Adam just posted we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel, okay? so We didn't. We didn't. So, yeah. North Korea, South Korea, Maryland, Monroe. Da, 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 da. I don't know Day, what Red that China, means. Johnny Ray, Pacific, Walter, I'm very tempted to play us out on on that one. Has done a Game of Thrones version? I don't know. Maybe I'll look. Take I'm sure someone on the internet has. There's an inter- there's an internet version. I remember. I did do a medieval version in, in uh, like high school and change everything <laughs> up for me. Terms, I remember that. Heard. Black plague. Black it was an assignment. <laughs> Does Maryland mean we have uh, soft shell crab cakes? Sure. What? Yes, yes it does. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. what are you talking about? That? Not know who Marilyn Monroe is? Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Maryland crabs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is really weird. 
with this weird fugue state. I should just. All right. Thank you guys for joining me for this episode of Dragon Cast. We'll be back next week for the final episode of Game of Thrones season five. Oh boy, this should be an interesting one. I'm I'm very curious to see what happens, and we'll see you then. So, bye guys. Thank you for listening, and we'll be there then. Bye. Bye guys. Are we good? Are you gonna you good this time? I'm good. Greg's gonna get scared again. Yeah. No, you were just very forceful. You took me by surprise. That was all. I don't know why I was actually like cowering in the corner. Sure. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the vassals of Kings. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's how I do. <laughs> Welcome to the vassals of Kings. <laughs> 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 nice. I did jump. <laughs> I was so thinking about doing it. I'm so glad someone else did. <laughs> My cousins live in Denver, and they were saying uh, they were sending us pictures when they had those crazy uh, storms of like parallel lightning, and, all, and it was basically oh. like the apocalypse. When uh, and of course, like his phone went out as my mom was talking, and she's like, "He's dead. They're dead. They all just died." Yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck just happened what? there? <laughs> Did she just repeat herself nine times, or what? And now we can continue our fugue state. <laughs> Do you know how much shit we have to cover next week? Yeah. Like, you don't know. Show-wise? Uh, so John has to get stabbed. Marin Trant has to get stabbed. Danny has to fuck around in the Dothraki Sea. Jamie Cersei might has to get confess stabbed. and go for a walk. Yeah, go for a naked it could just walk. Be, it could be like 45 minutes of what the Hound's been up to all season. That'd be cool. <laughs> I want yeah. to say all that. Yeah. It'll all be from Gendry's point of view. Recapping varies, swimming through the yeah. sea. Yeah. <laughs> Runs hell. into Gendry's boat and he's like half dead because he hasn't eaten in a year. <laughs> Stanza has to happen. Oh no, it does I don't know. I, I again, maybe I'm just too emotional about Shireen dying, but like, I, you know, I mean, like, I, I was talking to Katie and she was like, "Oh yeah, that was okay," and I was like, <laughs> I, I, "I like couldn't sleep because I." I still think Katie's doing a character. Room. So. <laughs> A character? What? No. <laughs> no. I just, in, in like a. I was not paying attention. Are we talking about the Shireen thing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, in terms of like, I feel like my soul broke at the Craster's Keep thing like yeah. two seasons ago. And ever since then, I'm just inured and dispassionate towards the atrocity on the show because it's just like. It's just crap. Like, whenever something like extravagant happens, it's like, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's crap at this point. Yeah. It's pornography. Pornography. Indeed. I'm really, I'm nervous for Brianna. Well, why do you keep on watching? Why do I keep watching, or why does Mihal keep watching? Are we having an existential?
Crisis. Existential Game Why of Thrones. Why does anybody but... watch anything, really? Because there's enough good stuff mingled in with the crap that's like when you swallow a tooth and you want to get money for it and <laughs> you gotta dig the shit to get it back. <laughs> 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 How much money do you get for your teeth? Some interesting. Yeah, and then, like, parents were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I found the wild insect toy. I have what? a quote here. Oh, good. When they're going through the wall, they're handing over all their like stuff and says, and there were queerer things. A toy mammoth made of actual mammoth hair, an ivory phallus, a helm made out of unicorn's head, and a complete with a horn. So there you go, right. ivory phallus. Well, could, that could have been a fertility That's, that's a very yeah. different yeah, thing than Yeah, or for worship purposes. <laughs> <laughs> ivory would be better than weirwood, I'm thinking. Most things would. Splinters? No, <laughs> wow. like, no splinters. Let's splinters, yeah. I now imagine oh, things no. I shouldn't the be imagining. The wood thing is a metaphor, let's just put it that way. Why is this happening? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream! <laughs> we finally found Matt's, uh, Matt's safe. Uh, I will go no further. <laughs> I have been enjoying your twittering, I have to say. Good. Yeah, I'm still learning it. I hope I'm doing it right. I'm, tweet- I'm twi- twittering okay. You posted a picture of your of your chinchilla, so you automatically did okay. You have a chinchilla? Yes, Davos Petal, Pet Pelletworth. I didn't mention that before. What? <laughs> Guys, you gotta get on Twitter. <laughs> I had my own Battle of the Blackwater because I used to have Davos and Stannis, but they fought and there was blood, and now I just have Davos. What happened to Stannis? What yeah, happened to I had to, to give Stannis, Stannis back to... I, I had to give him back to the uh, the adoption agency. He was he was too too mean to Davos. You took him oh, behind the shed, you mean? <laughs> no, I actually I didn't send him to a farm of chinchillas upstate. <laughs> Things to do with your chinchilla. Chinchillas will destroy your house if you. If you like. Oh, you have to chinproof your house. Yeah. I guess they're kind of like ferrets. Ferrets will destroy you know. your house with them if you want. Oh, ferrets are fucking evil, and they <gasps> stink to high heaven. Ferrets are yeah. great. The problem is that they get in your armchair, and then when your grandpa like, goes to sit in the recliner, <laughs> <laughs> the ferret gets... Oh. Yikes. Seems very specific. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's like... I've never had ferrets. My friends had ferrets, and that's like... Oh, I thought that was a ferret story. Well, she used to walk her ferrets on leashes around our neighborhood. <laughs> she was one of those yeah. people. Got up. made fun of a lot, but... Apparently that's like one of the number one causes a ferret death is they will gnaw their way into your recliner and then you you lean back in the recliner and their little ferret bones just get crunched right up that is gnarly it says here that chinchillas are critically endangered greg Hmm. not mine It says they have mental health issues and infectious diseases, convulsions. All right, just no. They can live to be twenty if they're taken care of, but they're you know, some people get them and they think you can just keep them in a little cage like you see on TV, and they go fucking insane. They need space because they God. can jump. They need they need space to run. They need their flying saucer. They get their flying saucer. They're fine. A That's flying the saucer. The the wheel. They it's the plate they run on. It's called the flying saucer. Sure. It is. 
They did one about my hometown. They did one about East Hampton and South Hampton, the witch trials and the, and the great masturbation contest. <laughs> <laughs> Were those things related? I know our, our town historian. Wait a minute. I spoke what to our town is the great masturbation contest? <laughs> we don't know the specifics, but it was a lot of people got in trouble for the, the great East Hampton mystery. masturbation contest of 1648. It's legendary. Good times. But there's a street over in the corner named John Hans Path, and that was the guy that was named in the in the episode. It was his ancestor. Oh, it was the Bernard Getz one, the guy who, like, killed a guy on the subway. Oh, that was... Yeah. Oh, no, oh, he was keeping squirrels. Squirrels. Yeah, yeah squirrels. squirrels. Yeah, he would, like, suck milk up and then, like, put the squirrel in his mouth and shove <laughs> milk down its throat because what? that's how you feed squirrels. What the fuck is wrong? The dollop is Getz was insane. He killed people on a train, and then he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise squirrels in my Brooklyn apartment. <laughs> Man, you Americans are weird. Pop up ball time. It, it is kind of nice sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm not that crazy. <laughs> Just listen to the rube. We should all be more like the rube. <laughs> the rube. <laughs> well, you mean you've never used a squirrel to get yourself off? Ugh. Crazy pants. I think it's time for good night. <laughs> We're about done here. I think we are about done here. I think we're about done here. No video games to play. It's the new words of House Dragoncast. We're about done. <laughs> and as it turns out, we were not about done there. Also, spoilers for Mad Max to follow. That was like the only thing missing from Mad Max, like a commentary track, like a commentator voiceover. Wait, wait, do we want to talk about happen? Mad Max right now? <laughs> Let's just do the Mad Max V, okay? Right. Now. <laughs> we got time, right? Freaking awesome. <laughs> That's all um, that needs to be it, said. Every time I think about it, like I was like, it's it's better than this movie. So it's like I think it might be my favorite movie ever, but <laughs> I don't want to give it that that label just quite yet. I've been watching. <laughs> Your dad's I bad. Mean, <laughs> You're gonna be like, yeah, I was right. <laughs> that was my favorite movie ever. <laughs> I mean, there was a gimp playing guitar. That was with fire. <laughs> Inspiring. Those old women did their own stunts. They were like 80 years old on motorcycles. Australians are very tough. I've, I've learned that, especially from listening to the dollop. There's some crazy Australians out there, too. Keeper of the seeds. They're going to the green place. I was really annoyed that they killed that the naked lady, though. She was really cool. The Valkyrie. Yeah, the Valkyrie. They killed pretty much everybody, <laughs> except for like three people. No, but wait, I, but I was actually Spoiler. surprised that the other wife Did guy. anyone else think, like, the girl that, like, was trying to, uh, like, <laughs> save everyone else would just, like, drop her baby, like, at that scene? What? What are you talking about? The pregnant woman? Yeah. You mean the fact oh, that she yeah. got run over? you out. Like, she, she opened up the door and, like, locked, you know, the driver and... Mad Max, and was just like, whatever, like, hit me. Well, one, I, she knows they're not going to fire on her, and two, you know, obviously that's not a consent baby. She might have conflicting feelings about it. Also, childbirth doesn't work like that. This movie sounds so weird that I can't tell if it's actually stuff happening or it's just really drunk <laughs> mad talking. That's the it. appeal of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy with two little tumors yes. on his shoulder, and they're his best friends. I, I I can't, like, I have to admit, I don't really get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, and I feel no. bad. I didn't, like, dislike it. I was just like, okay, well, that was interesting. This is, like, I came out of the movie, like, with my brother, who 
is an action junkie, and I was so fucking hyped. I turned to him, and I was like, wasn't that the greatest? And he's like, I, th- I thought I had too much talking. And he was being dead fucking serious. <laughs> the, six pa- the six pages of script, really, that oh was too much. I was so disappointed in him. <sighs> I mean, like, I get the appeal from a feminist perspective. You weren't no. pumped out, like, <clears throat> adrenaline spewing out of your eyeballs, and... Oh, I mean, so awesome. the, the movie should have been called, like... A bunch of badass bitches go on <laughs> go on a ride, and Mad Max shows up for a second. <laughs> and Mad Max helps. <laughs> yeah. Mad Max is there too. Yeah, cause why not? No, I mean I I like the characters. I I don't know. I guess I've never seen any Mad Max movies. So like maybe. Oh well, there's your problem. No. You gotta oh, ease your yeah. way into those. No, but the like, other ones you know, any less crazy? No, but they all have that weird like, what the hell's going on? But like, that's the beauty of it. The first yeah. one is way less crazy than this one. It's more like a regular. Not a... The apocalypse hadn't really happened yet. In that. The, yeah, the, the first, first one's one's not sucks. A great movie. Road um, Warrior. You can is... leave. There's a door. <laughs> it, it, See, it, nothing it, about this makes want to like go watch these movies. Yeah. Red Warrior is worth watching. Beyond Thunderdome is a fucking classic, and anyone who says otherwise needs to just asphyxiate or something. I don't know. That was a little too harsh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like, the second one, uh, Mad Max, uh, Road Warrior, is amazing. You want to get out of here? You gotta talk to me. Pretty good. Oh. <laughs> But come on, Beyond Thunderdome, it's got Tina Turner. And, I love Beyond uh, Thunderdome. Two, uh, two two men just a raggedy man. man. Ain't we a pair of raggedy men? <laughs> Probably should watch it. That ending I'm, makes no I'm sense whatsoever. I'm learning a whole new side of Katie right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that, the ending of that movie doesn't give a little tear in your eyes. Oh, it definitely does. Doesn't make any sense why they're lighting candles in skyscrapers. Shush. You know, but shush. Other than that, it's fine. <laughs> I that mean, movie had one of the Australia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? What great city of Australia is this?" <laughs> that had one of the first movies where it had like a death in it that scarred me, like as a young child when one of the kids gets sucked into the quicksand. Oh yeah, yeah. didn't think they would. I thought he would come back. On the other hand, uh, Road Warrior with the feral kid. Great, he takes out the one openly gay post-apocalyptic relationship that we know about, and he kills the guy. They also <laughs> shoot the dog, which is yeah. awful. Why yeah. would I watch these movies? Because yeah. they're awesome! <laughs> what is this? It's just chinchillas taking dust baths. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Well, okay. yeah, they take dust baths get clean basket of chinchillas. Because they're from the Andes Mountains and they're used to the volcanic ash. It's in their bones. You don't ever, they don't ever need to take baths. It's in their bones? bones. Two chinchillas, one sock. <laughs> they're not that bright because they do try to eat the bathtub as they're taking it. But other This than touching chinchilla video will make your mother cry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. It's like, oh, I can't talk. Where Greg, <laughs> Greg keeps all of his <laughs> and D and White, with the chinchillas roll up on it. Brings the price up. <laughs> All right, well. chinchilla popcorning. What? Oh boy. <laughs> I'm not sure that has anything to do with chinchillas. It says chinchilla popcorning dance. The cutish popcorning chinchilla. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? 
I'm looking, there's a bunch of videos. Chinchilla popcorning. <laughs> Chinchilla dust bath of the century. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Can we wrap up Dragon Cast the after show finally? Well, I think we're about done here. <laughs> Okay, but I do just want to one note one thing. One more is that thing. Every every um video in the like tile that YouTube is giving me is about chinchillas, except for the one in the bottom right, and that's actually bottom right, not east. Um, and that's big fat what? anniversary quiz twenty fifteen. The video in the east. <laughs> the video in the southeast corner of the YouTube screen. <laughs> 